Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Our Line Starts. Liam McHugh alongside Brian Boucher and Keith Jones. I feel like my only two colleagues who are not rumored to be taking over the front office of a major hockey club these days. I guess that's why you could join me. Thanks, guys. I, I think the two guys who apparently aren't busy. <laughs> that, that rumor will never happen. I can guarantee you that, Liam. Nobody Boosh wants I, us. Boosh and I love our jobs here. <laughs> Well, that's it. We're broadcasting for the love of the game from our homes. And you two need to get some wireless headsets eventually. Get into the century. Make the move. No. Keep that's it real right year. here. This is how you do it right here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how you do it. That's that's what the kids mean when they say keeping it real. That's, that's exactly right. what they mean. Well, in terms of hockey and where we are, it's really been another week of conversations uh, between the NHL, the NHLPA. Uh, another week of back and forth on just how and when the NHL could potentially get restarted. Several options are being reported. None are concrete. We are going to dive into a lot of them in just a moment. But we do know this. Some sports did return, guys. I mean, over the weekend, we uh, saw NASCAR back on the track. No no one in the stands, obviously. Uh, we had golf on our air. Obviously not a huge tournament. Uh, but we saw professional golfers out there. Uh, and it was nice. It was something different. But to me, something that was far more interesting, if you are someone who is really looking forward to getting team sports back, was the fact that the Bundesliga, the German soccer league, returned. Because it's a massive endeavor. And right off the bat, they had a rivalry game. And they had a rivalry game in an empty arena. And all at once, it was great to have it back. And it was strange. Uh, did you guys dig into all of this, some of this? What did you see, Jonesy? I did. I saw most of it. I, I watched the golf, and that was interesting. Uh, I watched the UFC fighting uh, three three different occasions. They went Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday last week, and I mean there was uh, punches and blood all over the place, and they uh, put on a really entertaining show. I, I found that even without the crowd being there, I found it uh, remarkably enjoyable to watch. So. Uh, I think there's the potential for it to be very successful. I mean, it's obviously going to be different, and it's going to take some time to getting you to get used to. But from playing hockey my entire life, and even in the summers going back and playing in the off season, when the game started, just playing with my buddies. I mean, hockey brings something out of you that is really hard to explain. Yeah, you watch parents watch their kids' games, and you'll see the emotional response that they have. When you're playing, it doesn't matter if you're playing for the Stanley Cup or you're playing for who's buying beer after that game. There's an emotional attachment to that game that isn't just about entertaining the fans. It's about wanting to beat the opposition. It's about wanting to compete. And I think that's something that really uh, has pushed hockey forward to the sport that it is today. And I don't have as many concerns about you know, the fans not being there based upon my own experiences playing the game with nobody in the stands and still want to beat the heck out of the opposition. So I'm hopeful that that's still the way the game is today. And uh, based on my own experience, I think that's what's going to shine through. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only fourteen ninety-five. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yeah, I agree with you, Jonesy. I mean, I think the one thing for the players, because, you know, they're, they're human at the end of the day, I mean, they're going to they're gonna need to know that they're safe. And I think once they get over that hurdle, I think they'll be able to get to what you're saying, where you play, it doesn't matter if you're in front of, 18,000 fans or in front of, you know, a couple of trainers in the stands or whoever, uh, you'll find a way to focus on what you need to do. And it'll be a new normal for all of us to, to watch uh, in front of empty arenas uh, or buildings. But uh, look, I mean, I think we're all craving for, for the live sports. I know that when the golf came on this past weekend, I quickly flipped the channel and wanted to watch it. It was great to see these guys carrying their own bags um you know which is a little bit different um but it, it, you know it was fun it was something that you know we hadn't seen in a long time something that was that was present that was real that was uh, you know live and i think that's something that i think a, a lot of us uh in this country you know could use right now yeah i mean I, I think it's just in terms of no fans it's an adjustment um but eventually it's something that you'll get used to but uh, i watched a good amount of the soccer um, mainly because I really wanted to see what the atmosphere was like and how it would affect me as a viewer and how if it would have any effect on the play. I didn't feel like it did. Uh, guys played hard. Uh, it didn't feel like a scrimmage out there. It was just different. And what was different is the sights and the sounds. Obviously, especially in a sport like that, and I think to some extent our sports in the playoffs, there's a soundtrack background. Uh, you really, you know, something big is happening when you flip the channel on when there's playoff hockey or when there's European soccer, it's just this wild noise that is, that greets you whenever you do that. What I did hear was I heard coaches and trainers and I heard them loud and clear. I couldn't understand what most of them were saying, uh, <laughs> but that's going to be interesting for us because I do, I think like you guys, I want to hear what they have to say. I don't know that all the players in the NHL want to be heard as clearly <laughs> as a lot of those soccer players were. Yeah, there's some words uh, used that you, you really don't mean, but they're used often. And it's going to be interesting to, to see if the players adjust to that. Uh, that's not uh, the image that you necessarily want to portray, but there is an emotional response that happens. And I think that is uh, something that everyone's going to have to make some adjustments to. And I think they'll be well aware after – you know, a couple of games that uh, they just might want to tweak their vocabulary a little bit. Uh, it's, it's something you use whether you're angry or you're celebrating in that sport. And uh, I think we've all done that for a long time. But um, that is going to be different. There's, there's no question about that. The one thing that should be a, a benefit is camera angles. Uh, yeah. We should be able to have cameras in all kinds of different places that have really watching the last dance and watching all the different camera uh, angles that they had during the filming of that on uh, Michael Jordan. It's interesting. You get a different perspective. You get to see things you might not have seen previously. And we're going to have a lot of room for our cameras to find some pretty good spots to be able to, you know, video the, the action that's taking place on the ice. So that might be something that uh, we might be able to get some different looks at. Bush, no crowd. Is that benefit of goaltender? Uh, I mean, are you can. able to communicate in a way that you wouldn't well, normally? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look. I mean, you can get late in a hockey game where the you know the team is pressing and you're on the road and it's awfully loud. Maybe there's a penalty kill and you're trying to communicate to your 
to your D partner or to your D man as far as, you know, is there somebody on them? Uh, maybe reverse the puck. And it's very difficult to, to do that. So, yeah, I think for a goaltender, communication-wise, uh, will be a lot easier, uh, particularly on the road, uh, to just, you know, be able to communicate with your, with, with your, de- with your defenseman and, and maybe, maybe help in that way. Uh, but once that puck drops, I mean, just in general, I mean, I, I think, you know, you focus so much on the game and what the task is at hand. I, I don't know that it's going to really take long for these players to, to adjust, you know, they, there's no noise or there is noise. I think when the game I, – I, I couldn't hear the, the, the crowd typically when I was playing, you know, you're in a playoff game because you're so focused on what you have to do. Only in a situation where the crowd maybe is going, you know, crazy where you want to communicate with somebody directly, it can be hard. But by and large, these players aren't going to focus on that. They're going to focus on doing what they have to do and the jobs that, that they have to, to get done. Few other things in sports. You have New York, California, and Texas basically all saying that uh, they would like to open up, see pro sports return sooner rather than later. And to that end, in New York, uh, horse racing, Jonesy, come back in June. Uh, big news, obviously, that the Belmont Stakes this year are going to take place on June the 20th, and will want to be in the first leg of the Triple Crown, uh, which is, you know, just strange. It, it really is. You know, listen, there's strange stuff happening every single day, different announcements, but. I grew up pretty close to Belmont. I uh, went a lot as a kid growing up, and it was always special. But, man, the idea when there was a triple crown threat just to raise the stakes, or if there wasn't one, if you were denied that late, uh, like the big letdown locally, and now you know. Like, the stakes are real. You're starting this whole thing off, uh, and the track obviously won't be a mile and a half. I think they're going a mile and a quarter. Uh, they're going to change mile that. And, yeah. But what, what was your reaction? When you, when you heard that, because uh, obviously I know you love the horses, but when Belmont would be the first leg now. Yeah, it's what you do, right? You adjust. You, things are going to be different. I mean, you just have to be ready for whatever you can do to, to get the races on. And it's an interesting way to do it. I like the fact that they shortened it a little bit. I think I read a mile and an eighth, actually. They're going to make I it. I think that might, yeah. Because the horses, a lot of them haven't been in intense training right now. I actually have a piece of a horse. I don't know if you remember before this break started, I have a, a horse named uh, Mischievous Alex, and I own a, a, a part of him with a, a guy named Chuck Zachty. That's the main owner. He, he owned a fleet Alex that was so impressive yeah. in the Preakness and the Belmont. And uh, he won the Gotham Stakes just prior to all this happening where he gained enough points to be in the Kentucky Derby this year. But he's going to race that day if everything continues to go well. Not in the Belmont, in the Withers. There's, the Withers is a little bit shorter. So he's uh, Belmont ability. They're just not sure about the distance. So I'll have an extra eye on that. Uh, Edzo and I have been communicating a lot about him, and it was on Edzo's <laughs> advice that I did get involved in the horse based on uh, his information because he knows a lot more about it than I do. But so far it's worked out really well. And, uh, so I was doubly excited to hear that they're coming back, number one, in New York. And most importantly to me, I'll have a little piece of a horse that's going to run around that track that day. So looking forward to watching that. And I know we're going to have a lot of coverage of that as well. So excited about it. Who's you own any horses? No, I just have a dog. That's it. It's the only thing I own. <laughs> Cheaper. Wow. I, yeah, it's much cheaper. I do know that I, I took the advice of uh, – of Edzo last year during the playoffs and lost every single time. Uh, so <laughs> I made no money on any of the, the races last year. I think the last one, the Belmont, I didn't even bet. I said, I was so fed up. I was like, I'm not doing this. And I think 
the ones that he was uh, suggesting one. So that goes to show you I'm, I'm mush, you know? Yeah, you, you yeah, you're getting yeah. the full experience. Yeah. Jonesy, you did well. You did really I, well. I, I yeah. did. You remember watching yeah. that? We watched it together. Oh, yeah. Getting ready to jump yeah. on and do some hockey. And then they had the, the takedown of uh, the, the number seven horse. That's all I remember yeah. is the, the numbers. And I know my 20 came in in Country House, and we got a nice little check out of that one. That was a lot of fun. And first time a decision has gone my way, I can tell you that, <laughs> in horse racing. Well, I can tell something was happening because you were quiet. Uh, and you were yeah. trying to read numbers <laughs> on your card without your glasses. You're just sitting there like, are these the right numbers? Uh, but no, that was, yeah, that was one of the stranger moments in uh, horse racing. And of course, we're waiting to go on the air at that point. But uh, but that's great. I mean, Belmont's coming back. Horse racing, that's June the 20th. Uh, we'll see Jonesy Source earlier that day. But as for the NHL, all right, you tuned into this podcast. If you want, what you want to hear about, it looks like at this point, from all the reports, all we're hearing, we can tell you that we know that in terms of hub cities to restart, probably eight or nine sites that they're looking at, likely going to be two, maybe four, but east-west hubs. Uh, and it certainly seems at this point like they are going to expand the field, go straight to some sort of a playoff system, and that that field will be 24 teams, maybe with some kind of round robin at the beginning, uh, shorter series at the beginning perhaps, Top seeds, perhaps, playing for seeding, which is really interesting, uh, especially if you're the Boston Bruins and you were a dominant club the entire regular season. Uh, and come June, could get into some light practicing. I want to get into that in a second. But let's just start with the idea of expanding to 24 teams, bringing in some teams that were pretty far out of it, like, say, Montreal and Chicago. But a couple teams that maybe you don't want to play if you have to restart because, obviously, Chicago's got some top-end talent. And Montreal's got Carey Price. The Carey Price factor. People make it too big a deal about this, Jonesy? Uh, it's a challenge to beat them. And when you have a goaltender that is that good, you get them in a situation, especially if it was like a, a single elimination type thing, you'd never want to go against Carey Price with his experience in the Olympic format and such. But um, I think it's as fair as it can possibly be, Liam. I think, you have some teams that were on the bubble, and I don't think that they should be kicked out and not allowed to enter the playoffs. I think it's smart that there is a system that they can battle at least to try to uh, make their case to make it. I think it, they've talked a little bit about having a weighted system where some of the points that you've accumulated already uh, give you extra points in that system. So uh, you're less likely to you know, be subjected to being kicked out of the tournament early. And then I think the way I hear it, the, the playoffs themselves sound like they'll be the true win 16 games to win the Stanley Cup once it ultimately gets kind of figured out at the bottom. So I think when the filtering system is done, I think the end product is going to be very similar to what we've seen before. And I look forward to that. And I think the players who have worked all season long uh, would uh, I know I would love the opportunity to try to win the Stanley Cup. I like the whole system. I like the idea of it. I mean, if you look at the seven teams that are out of it, they were going to be out of it regardless, right? Yeah. I mean, you probably could argue that Chicago and Montreal probably, you know, in a perfect world wouldn't belong. But you're talking about two markets that have tremendous fan bases. And if you're a fan of any of those two teams, you know, you, you want hope. You want, to, you want to, to know that there's a chance. I mean, there, were, there was probably 12 games left, uh, you know, probably an average for, for, for these teams. But uh, – 
you, you want to have a chance to play in and see if you can do it. I mean, I think it's a good thing. I think the more fans we keep involved and in the mix, I think can only help the league. I mean, the bottom line is you're not going to make everybody happy and someone's always going to be complaining about something, but it, it is the way it is. And I think, I think it's a, I think it's a good way to, to kind of restart the season, get some games under your belt before we get to the, the real playoffs, but yet give some teams some hope. You know, here's the thing. Let me just jump in really quickly, Jonesy. The idea of, you know, obviously bigger markets and there'll be people complaining because you're, you're, maybe you're doing this to get bigger markets in. Um, I also look at it from this perspective. Just as a hockey fan, not being a fan of those teams in particular, I want to see Carey Price in the playoffs. I want to see Patrick Kane in the playoffs. Those are individuals I want to see in big moments, especially if we're going to return, and this will be a momentous occasion to come back after what we're experiencing right now. I want to see the elite out there individually, and this does allow that. Yeah, you love watching the elite. You love watching them when they're the underdog. I mean, they're obviously clear underdogs. It's going to be an incredible story if they won. They made a run that they ultimately ended up winning a Stanley Cup and doing so. Uh, I think that brings great intrigue. I, I, I do think there's an element to that as well. I, I think, and I don't know if Bush agrees with this or not, but for, even when I was playing, there's some teams that got beat out on the last day of the season that I think we're very capable of winning a Stanley Cup. I can remember a Devils team winning the Cup the previous year and then losing late in the season and not making the playoffs. There wasn't a team in the playoffs that wanted to play the Devils that year. I can guarantee you that. In a four uh, best-of-seven series, that was a Devils team you didn't want to play, and they weren't even in the playoffs. So there, there is a concern um, with that when you've got uh, teams that are capable because of superstar talent and finding a way to beat you early on. I, I get the concern. I'd be concerned about it, but I, I think it's a great thing from a fan's perspective to watch. Well, to your point, Jonesy, I like it in the sense that, like, I don't know if this could ever happen down the road if they would adopt a system like this and have, it's not a playoffs, but a play-in round where maybe you eliminate some regular season games, call it six to eight games, so each team would lose three to four home dates during the regular season, but have this playing round where maybe potentially teams that you're talking about that had good seasons but just fell short. I mean, we, we talk about the parity in the National Hockey League all the time now. What's to say that a team that finished 11th or 10th couldn't, you know, find a way to get in that playing round and then eventually get into the traditional playoffs? I, to me, I, I wonder if it's something that the league would, you know, would uh, – would entertain going forward. I mean, I really do like the idea. If I was a team that was on that outside looking in, it gives me a little bit of hope. And, and Boosh, you have the experience with that, right? You made it in in 2010 yep. on the last day yep. of the regular season and a shootout win. Shootout. And yeah. went all the way to the Stanley Cup final. So yes. if you had missed, like the Rangers did that year, there's no story to be written. So it, it may be a really intriguing way to watch things go as, as we move forward here. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. 
the Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Yeah, I mean, listen, the Kings won it as an eight seed. Nashville went to the final as an eight seed. Uh, and what happens here is people who want to argue with this, who want to say that this system is no good, that nothing should ever change, they start throwing the integrity argument out at you. Uh, yeah, and I think considering the circumstances, the proper response was just that, Jonesy. Rolling your eyes is really the proper response to that because at this point, there is no perfect system and you're just trying to get out there and trying to get things going. Not to mention, under the current system, if we didn't have to do this, how often do the best two teams in the league play in the second round? The second round, because often. of the way it is. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that integrity argument, we just just crumple it up, throw it out, and stop with it already. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I go ahead, Bush. No, I, the integrity part. I mean, sorry, Jonesy. I mean, you think about it back to when they expanded. Uh, in 1967, you had the all-expansion conference, and you had, you know, the, the originals. I mean, yeah. talk about, you know, it, it, the easy way to get to the Stanley Cup final where eventually you get, you get slaughtered by a team that's been around forever. And there was best-of-five series before. So it's, it wasn't uh, necessarily about winning, 16, you know, 16 games. So I, I, I don't buy that whole integrity thing. The parity in the league is tremendous. And if it is going to be tremendous going forward, we may as well get more teams in the mix, keep more fans uh, intrigued, involved, excited about the prospects of getting into the playoffs and, and see where it goes from there. That, that's just my take on it. it, it it's unique, right? And it's like uh, the Rangers when they won the, the Stanley Cup in the lockout shortened year. I think anybody in New York is concerned about that. It's a Stanley Cup. It was still – it's the way it was that year, and they found a way to get it done. And I think the same thing applies here. And like Liam was talking about earlier, the Triple Crown, if anything, has a lot of integrity. It's those three races and the way that they're designed, and you're adjusting to the Triple Crown. The Belmont is going ahead of the Kentucky Derby, which obviously is not something that's happened before. So you make adjustments. That's the world we're living in today. And you do the best that you absolutely can. And I think this system that they're talking about is as close as we can get to getting it right and uh, figuring out a Stanley cup champion. Yeah. This isn't a 64 team tournament, single elimination playing in, you know, random gyms here and there. This is not that Uh, the idea is, you know, a talented team should win this regardless. And in terms of pure integrity, uh, I do like the idea that you're going to have healthy rosters. You are going to have healthy rosters, which, you know, injuries happen, and they happen at all different times of the season. And, you know, just because a guy gets injured early on and gets healthy late, as opposed to a team that suffers an injury very late in the season, all of a sudden they're starting to play without a star player, you're not dealing with that. Uh, listen, a lot of this stems from comments that, Matt Duchesne, uh, and he made some interesting ones. And you know, he started off the way I think a lot of people feel, which is that we didn't get to play the full season. That feels strange. It feels like someone's going to get screwed. Uh, and, yeah, someone probably will feel that way. But you're still adding more teams. And the fact remains that the Predators were a team that would have been the final seed in the West, barely beating out the Canucks by a tiebreaker. Uh, and – I don't know that the Preds themselves and Matt Duchesne, if we went back and played the full 82, get in. Uh, I don't – I would say even money at this point that they don't. 
But he brought up the integrity thing. And what he also brought up after calling it the idea that someone might call this, is basically saying the COVID cup at the end, he said that it was sacrilegious if we don't get to appreciate what the previous winners did. And Joji, you made the point earlier, and I feel the same way about the 2013 Blackhawks. I don't hear a lot of people go back to 2013 and say that cup doesn't count. Uh, I don't hear anyone say that. So to me, not only does, does that argument not hold a lot of water, I think it's even more special. I really do believe that. I think it'd be more special if you come back and you win this tournament and this cup. I, I really do. And he talks about sacrifice and the sacrifice that players have to make in the playoffs. Isn't this the big sacrifice? You it come is. Back and yep. you have to quarantine and you have to live in a hub city. To me, this is what sacrifice is all about. And I think this cup could wind up being potentially even more special. Yeah, I, I agree, Liam. And, and you're also giving people that have been stuck at home something to look forward to to watch. Like, there's, a, there's a real gift in that. Um, I, I think that the, the appreciation from hockey fans to have something else to do right now would go uh, a long way in keeping hockey fans. The one thing the NHL has done well, it has not become you know, a public debate between the players and the owners like baseball have right now. And that's a really bad look for baseball. Uh, the, the players want to make sure that they get that sorted out quickly because it's a sport that's been losing fans along the way. And the fans will stop watching. And if they do, it's another opportunity for hockey to gain more. And also that window, if baseball is missing, it's another opportunity for hockey to gain that window space as well, along with the NBA. If baseball is not back and not doing their thing, uh, what, a, what a chance for hockey to make it that much more special with even more eyes on it. Uh, and the other thing, too, that I think about uh, with the playoffs this year is the idea that expanded rosters, right, because the, the AHL is shut down. So now you're going to have these expanded rosters. How many of these teams will actually use that expanded roster? I mean, these guys are going to be going 0 to 100 uh, right out of the gate if they start. Will there be some, some nicks and bruises along the way, some pulled muscles where maybe you got to tap into your, the depth of your organization? And, Liam, you brought up the fact that, Guys are healthy. Yeah, they're healthy right now, but they could get nicked up along the way just because you're going to start, you know, start from zero, go to 100. So the organizations that have this organizational depth all of a sudden, maybe this could play a role in this Stanley Cup and even make it even more special. You know, you talk about it, you know, nobody cares at the end of the day. You win the cup, you win the cup. And if you win it as an organization where you start using maybe 30-plus players, I mean, that becomes a real special moment. Uh, for not only the players that play, but the, the scouts, the general manager, the assistant general manager, these guys that really built this team from the ground up. Uh, I think it would be a real special moment for, for any team to win the cup this year. Well, I'll put it to you this way. Whoever does, let's say we restart, we go through this. It's obviously different and it's expanded. At the end, they raise the cup potentially, I would assume, in front of an empty arena, which is going to be odd. No doubt about that. But then names are going to go on the cup. Are you going to think any differently about those names in a negative fashion? Not, not for a second, Liam. Not for a second. It's, I'm going to think, I might even think more of them winning that Stanley Cup. I mean, it's under these adverse circumstances. Uh, I think it would be, you know, an incredible achievement to do that, especially as we talked about with the majority of teams being stocked with players that aren't injured before these playoffs start. I mean, that's the first time ever you can think of that without uh, players with major season-ending injuries that weren't back. There's been a lot of Stanley Cups won 
based upon the absence of certain opponents on the opposition. Uh, this year is, for the most part, it's not going to be that. It's going to be the truest Stanley Cup championship ever based upon the availability of players that started the season that are going to be back and ready to go. So I think it's going to be a really tough challenge to get that thing done. And I'm really hopeful that uh, we start on that journey in the next little while. Yeah, I don't look differently at all. You still got to win once you get to, once we get past the playing round or whatever, you still got to win 16 games. And it's the toughest thing to do is to close a team out in a series. You still have to find a way to do that. Maybe the only saving grace in some of this is that, uh, there is no travel. There will be no changing time zones for certain teams. Uh, so maybe there's a save that way. But uh, by and large, it's still going to be a difficult trophy to win this year. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and, and you know, back to Duchesne, part of his argument was, you know, you don't have to go into hostile environments and win. Uh, that being said, guys did pretty well on the road the last few years in the playoffs. And I uh, seem to recall the Blues going on the road in Game 7 and winning the Stanley Cup. and. I don't want to pick on him because I think it's an emotional time and I think guys give responses. And the truth is there are legitimate reasons to be concerned about coming back. You want to do it right. You want to do it responsibly and you want everyone to be safe. That's first and foremost. Uh, so I'm not here to bury him or, or pick on him. I just found his comments interesting because I do really feel the complete opposite in terms of how special this could potentially be. Uh, and I think I'm getting the wrap up from our producer. But uh, before we go, pretty interesting. Uh, one more thing is the idea that players could be returning soon, practicing, social distancing, uh, and we could see them back in June. And, I mean, as we say goodbye, I mean, what a nice step that would be if we take that pretty soon, guys. Yeah, we'd love to see that footage, Liam. That'll be something. You know, the cameras will be there to capture it. And I think we're all waiting for that. And it's just uh, – a uh, visual demonstration that they're getting closer to getting back and, and getting this thing rolling again. So I think we all believe that's going to happen, but seeing it start would go a long way in making us feel that much more confident that we're going to be able to call some hockey games soon. Yeah, I think Jonesy said it best earlier. I think, you know, the, the, the people in the United States and Canada, you know, they, they, they need this. I mean, I think, you know, for all of us, it, it helped to, to, to be able to watch the sport that we love and, you know, to take our minds off of what these last two plus months have been like. And for some people, it's been more difficult uh, for some than others. And, you know, to be able to sit there and cheer for your team uh, and watch at night as a family would be a great thing. So, I mean, it's not it's not the responsibility of the athletes in this country to do that necessarily. But if they can play a hand in that and helping this country, uh, and, you know, and the Canadians as well to to kind of repair themselves I think it would be a great thing and I look forward to that I'm optimistic that something good is going to come down the road and that we will uh, see hockey that's just I don't have any science behind it I don't have anything other than just a gut feeling I just feel like it's going to happen and I think uh, it'll be fun to watch there's no doubt about that yeah I'll let uh, Bush's last word on uh, having the family around on the couch watching tv be the final word especially because right before we started this podcast uh, it began by Boots locking his daughter outside that door behind <laughs> you just to make sure she did not walk in on this podcast. So let's get back Still to quality there. family time and back to uh, hopefully uh, hockey returns sometime soon. And hopefully we get an announcement on what it will look like uh, in the next few days. And when it, when that does happen, we'll be back with you. But uh, thanks so much for tuning in. For Boots and Jonesy, I'm Liam. And uh, we'll see you again for another edition of Our Line Starts. Take care. Look around. 
You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.